0: Well, last night was the third Republican debate, and a lot of people had eyes on the two frontrunners, Ben Carson and Donald Trump, or Donald Trump and Ben Carson, depending on which poll you're looking at which day. But this third Republican presidential debate is now in the books. The top ten leading GOP candidates debated for more than two hours. And like Hillary Rodham Clinton said, ten candidates, zero ideas. There are fewer than 100 days until the first ballots will be cast. This third presidential debate was hosted by CNBC, and it was a critical test for many of these candidates, okay? For some, it was definitely a make or break point of their campaigns and perhaps even their careers, at least to be president. A few candidates rose to the moment with very strong performances, and that could bolster their standings in the polls And pad their campaign coffers. But not everyone is leaving the state of Colorado with a smile on their face. Here are some of the winners and the losers. This is from Jeremy Diamond of CNN. This is one that we agree with. He thought the winners were Marco Rubio. Now, a lot of people felt Marco Rubio definitely definitely was a lot, um, that Marco Rubio was definitely a lot stronger Uh, as a debater than he's been in the past. He's been more visible, and he was loud and out there and took the stage away many times in the spotlight from Donald Trump uh, because that's who people tune in to see often. Uh, The gloves definitely were off last night. Uh, The young senator from Florida, he eclipsed his one-time mentor, Jeb Bush, and he proved that maybe he is more ready for the big leagues than many of us left or right would have thought. He had a very strong night, at least in the beginning. He started off after Jeb Bush dug into him over his poor voting attendance record in the Senate. Rubio not only fended on the offensive, but returned in kind with a searing attack. And uh, he said, quote, the only reason why you're doing it now is because we're running for the same position. And someone has convinced you that attacking me is going to help you. And let's let's play that clip. Thank you, Marky. Mark, I was just going to say that. Thank you. Can
1: can Can I bring something up here?
2: Because I'm a constituent of the senator, and I helped him, and and I expected that he would do constituent service, which means that he shows up to work. Uh, He got endorsed by the Sun-Sentinel because he was the most talented guy in the field. He's a gifted politician. But Marco, when you signed up for this, this was a six-year term, and you should be showing up to work. I mean, literally, the Senate, what is it, like a French work week? You get, like, three days where you have to show up? (laughs) You can campaign or just resign and let someone else take the job. There are a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck in Florida as well. They're looking for a senator that will fight for them each and every day. I get to respond, right?
3: 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Well, it's interesting. Over the last few weeks, I've listened to Jeb as you've walked around the country and said that you're modeling your campaign after John McCain, that you're going to launch a furious comeback the way he did by fighting hard in New Hampshire and places like that, carrying your own bag at the airport. You know how many votes John McCain missed when he was carrying out that furious comeback that you're now modeling Um, under? He wasn't my concern. Now, Jeb, I don't remember. Well, let me tell you, I don't remember you ever complaining about John McCain's vote record. The only reason why you're doing it now is because we're running for the same position and someone has convinced you that attacking me is going to help you. Well, I've been Here's the been bottom good. line. I'm not my campaign is going to be about the future of America. It's not going to be about attacking anyone else on this stage. I will continue to have tremendous admiration and respect for Governor Bush. I'm not running against Governor Bush. I'm not running against anyone on the stage. I'm running for president because there is no way we can elect Hillary Clinton to continue the policies hey, I, of Barack hey, thank you, sir. I, I,
0: I got to tell you one thing, Marco Rubio did. Even though she's my candidate, is he remembered who his enemy, if you will, is, or who his competitor is, and that's Hillary Clinton. Much like Hillary Clinton didn't attack the people on the stage in the Democratic debate, uh, she attacked the Republicans. Right? She kept saying the Republicans, Republicans. She didn't even make it about uh, Donald uh, Trump. And um, you know we have we have so many different cuts that we're going to uh, play uh, for you. Uh, this afternoon, and um, we have one pretty much from each of the uh, candidates. But Marco Rubio took the gloves off. Ted Cruz came out more of a winner than before, not just kissing Donald Trump's butt, but, you know, the firebrand conservative did what he does best. He saw his moment, carefully prepared a response as he patiently waited his turn, and then he brought the crowd to ruckus applause with the reddest of red meat. And, of course, that is the liberal media. And Ted Cruz ripped even to the network that was hosting it. This is Ted Cruz. Guys, can I go uh, do, uh, in a different... Uh, everything's ready, right? Uh, number four, Ted Cruz ripping into CNBC for their, quote, unfair questioning. I thought every question was fair. Here he is.
2: Senator Cruz, congressional Republicans, Democrats, and the White House are about to strike a compromise that would raise the debt limit, prevent a government shutdown, and calm financial markets that fear of another washington created crisis is on the way does your opposition to it show that you're not the kind of problem solver american voters want
4: you know let me say something at the outset the questions that have been asked so far in this debate illustrate why the american people don't trust the media this is not a cage match and you look at the questions. Donald Trump, are you a comic book villain? Ben Carson, can you do math? John Kasich, will you insult two people over here? Marco Rubio, why don't you resign? Jeb Bush, why have your numbers fallen? How about talking about the substantive issues people care Does this count? Does this, do
2: I, do we get
4: credit for this one? And, and. Carl, I'm not finished yet. The contrast with the Democratic debate, where every fawning question from the media was, which of you is more handsome and wise?
2: (laughs) So this is a question about the debt limit, which you you have 30 seconds left to answer, should you choose to do so.
4: (coughs) Let me be clear. The men and women on this stage have more ideas, more experience, more common sense than every participant in the Democratic debate That debate reflected a debate between the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks. (laughs) And nobody watching at home believes that any of the moderators has any intention of voting in a Republican primary. The questions that are being asked shouldn't be trying to get people to tear into each other. It should be, what are your substantive okay, solutions okay. to people who I are mentioned? I just want the mentioned. record to reflect. Guys, I asked you
2: about the dead limit, and I got no answer. I, okay. I you want, an you want to answer that I'm happy to no. answer the question. I'm happy I, to answer the question. Time. Time. Answer Our well, no, but let me Senator, tell you how the we'll question, question is. It's
4: let me on. tell you how that question is. Let me tell you how that Senator I've got a question for you So you don't actually want to hear the answer, John? Senator Paul? You don't want to hear the answer. You just want to insult. You used your time on something else.
0: And, and i got to say, the moderators were not in control there, and, and that's not good. I've been a moderator a couple of times. It's not always easy, but you you, you got you to gotta take uh, control. I mean, sometimes I have to do that Fox. I said that the other night on Hannity, and I said, I would like to say something, and I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> I just went talking, and the cameramen, fortunately, were filming while I was talking. Um, Ted Cruz didn't really answer the question. And Ted Cruz did, um, again, embrace the party. As a matter of fact, I think some of these guys – Learned a thing or two in watching the Democratic debates. I really do. John Kasich was actually a nice guy, uh, governor of, of Ohio, and uh, the the most really I think rational minded of the uh, lot. Um, he fielded the first question of the night, uh, name your greatest weakness, um, but he didn't even bother to feign a response. Instead, he went on the offense, uh, delivering a fiery yet veiled and very out of character for him. Um, uh, it, 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 it quite frankly, um, he, he was going after Donald Trump and Ben Carson. I guess people think that's how they get ratings or, you know, they're just so desperate to take down number one and number two. As you know, they've been leading the GOP and presidential pack. So uh, Governor John Kasich had some things to say, and he definitely, to me, some people would say he was a winner because he was stronger. But, you know, I, I felt it was a bit out of character for him. Here's John Kasich. Cut number three, guys, attacking Donald Trump and Ben Carson.
2: I have a 10% tithe, and that's how we're going to fund the government. And we're, we're going to just fix everything with uh, waste, fraud, and abuse, or that we're just going to be great, or we're going to ship 10 million Americans or 10 million people out of this country leaving their children here in this country and dividing families. Folks, we got to wake up. We, we cannot elect somebody that doesn't know how to do the job. you got to pick somebody who has experience. Somebody that has the know-how, the discipline. And I say, to have a 10% tithe, and that's how we're going to fund the government. And we're, we're going to just fix everything with uh, waste, fraud, and abuse. Or that we're just going to be great. Or we're going to ship 10 million Americans or 10 million people out of this country, leaving their children here in this country and dividing families. Folks, we got to wake up. We, we cannot elect somebody that doesn't know how to do the job. You've got to pick somebody who has experience, somebody that has the know-how, the discipline. And I spent my entire lifetime balancing federal budgets, growing jobs, the same in Ohio. And I will go back governor, to Washington with my governor, plan and I will defend it within 100 days and it will pass <laughs> Mister, and it will be strong again. Thank Mr. You, Trump. Governor. 30 seconds first of all john got lucky with a thing called fracking okay he hit oil he got lucky with fracking believe me that's why ohio is doing well number and that's important for you to know number two this is the man that was a managing general partner at lehman brothers when it went down the tubes and almost took every one of us with us including ben and myself Because I was there and I watched what happened and Lehman Brothers started it all. He was on the board and he was a managing (laughs) general partner. And just thirdly, he was so nice. He was such a nice guy. And he said, oh, I'm never going to attack. But then his poll numbers tanked. He's got very, that's why he's on the end. And he got (laughs) nasty. And he got nasty. So you know what? You can have him. Let me just, let me, let, let me, let me just, let me, let me respond. First of all. Ohio does have an energy industry but we're diversified we're one of the fastest-growing states in the country we came back from the dead and you know what it works very very well And secondly, when you talk about me being on the board of Lehman Brothers, I wasn't on the board of Lehman Brothers. I was a banker and I was proud of it and I traveled the country and learned how people make jobs. We ought to have politicians who not only have government experience, but know how the CEOs and the job creators work. My state is doing great across the board. And guess what? In 2011, I've got
4: Governor, a deal in agreement that he tried that's to going. take Governor, credit for four it. years later. It's a joke. Thank you, Governor. Uh, back Dr. Here, Carson, let me give 30 seconds to
3: Dr. Carson. Since respond, I was attacked, we'll too, Thank
1: you. Uh, let me just say, uh, if you're talking about an $18 trillion economy, you're talking about a 15% tax on your gross domestic product, you're talking about $2.7 trillion. We have a budget closer to $3.5 trillion. Mm-hmm. But if you also apply that same 15 percent to uh, several other things, including corporate taxes uh, and including uh, the capital gains taxes, you make that amount up pretty quickly. So that's not by any stretch pie in the sky.
0: Have- want- oh, now, you just heard Donald Trump in there with uh, Ben Carson and John Kasich. And speaking of Donald Trump, he put on a very good show. We're going to take a break. We'll play some more cuts, but we want to take your calls. A lot of people holding, coming to you right after this break. You want to join us, 8886-LESLIE, 8886-537-543. Donald Trump and Chris Christie came out ahead by most people's uh, assessment uh, those were two more of the winners. We'll get your calls, play from some cuts from them, and we're going to talk about the losers as well. But let me get some questions out there to you for you to join us. Eight 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 six Leslie. three7543 One. Did you watch it? Regardless of your political party, did you even watch this debate last night? Who won and who lost? In your opinion, I'm sharing an analysis from CNN that we agree, uh, we as a crew agree with. Who won? Who lost? And what were your favorite moments? Maybe we played one or two. Eight 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 six Leslie. Eight 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 six five three seven five four three. How do you think last night's debate is going to affect the candidates' poll numbers? There are people that think some that were behind will come out with a bump ahead. Rubio, for example, will his numbers increase? Many news sites saw him as the winner of the debate last night. Do you agree he was the winner? Will he get a bump? Who else will get a bump? And will some like the Donald, fall more. 888 6 Leslie, 888-653-7543. Now, many, whether right, left, in between, upside down, were critical of how these moderators at CNBC handled the debate. How do you think they did? Eight 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 six 6 Eight 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 six five three seven five four three. 7543 And how much longer will Jeb Bush remain relevant? And is Bush the only thing keeping him relevant in this GOP race for president? Did his attack on Marco Rubio... Work was it effective or did it just fall flat? 8886 Leslie 8886537543 is the number. And where was the policy talk last night? Do you see a stark difference between the Democratic and the GOP debates? We've had 3 GOP debates to compare, but they still don't talk policy. 8886 Leslie 8886537543. And was it too much drama and insults for you or is that why people tune in? 8886 Leslie.
5: Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6 Leslie.
0: Marshall, welcome, welcome back. Talking about the debate last night, third of the Republican debates, this one in Colorado, CNBC moderating. Want to know who, if you watched, who won, who lost, favorite moments, what did you think of the moderators? And and what about the fact there really wasn't much policy talk? Do you like that? Is that why you tune in? Because it's more of a circus. 8886 leslie Eight 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 Let's start it out in Denver, Colorado, on line one with Brian, listening on Progressive Voices. Brian, good afternoon.
5: Hi, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Um- just a couple, couple answers to the things that you put out there. One, the reason there's no policy talk is because the, the press and the moderators don't want it. All they want to do is try to make conservatives look stupid and they just want to circus. It's not the candidate's fault, it's the uh, moderator's fault and the press's fault. Or two, comparing it to the Democrats <laughs> and how they're treated, you know, it's amazing to me. The left always wants to see racism and sexism and homophobia and Every type of bigotry they can by reading between the lines by what people say. And yet they're so blindly ignorant to their own bigotry when it comes to conservatives. And I think the favorite part of the debate last night was when finally we had such a blatant example of this superficial bigotry by the press when they, they're condescending, you know, they're insulting. They're just so superficial to the candidates, and it, and it just showed that almost every single one up there, with the exception of maybe Bush, can take any of those any Democrat or any of those, particularly the panelists, to go in intellectual circles around them. I mean, I, you know, Cruz and Rubio and even Trump can mm-hmm. uh, you know they're they they're, they're mental giants compared to so many of you in the press who think you're all so smart. But you you don't understand conservatives. You don't take the time to understand conservatives. And that's because it reflects your bigotry. And I hate to use the word ignorance, but it is ignorance. It's not stupidity. It's willfully not able to understand and not willing to understand where conservatives come from. And that's why so many people in the mainstream press, they assume conservatives are stupid. And they got fooled last night. And it was one of the best debates ever, not because of policy. But because finally, there's such a glaring example. You know, this is sort of like the, uh, you know, when there's an event that supposedly quote proves how racist everybody is. Well, this is the event that.
0: We're gonna take a break. We'll be back with our callers right after this. Let it You know, rid of that caller No, he hung up, and you can call back Brian uh, there in Denver. Um, you know, I don't feel that all Republicans are bigots. I have people that are Republicans that work for me, Republicans in my family, Republicans that are friends. And I think that the line of questioning was terrible last night by CNBC. But CNBC, unlike MSNBC, is not a liberal outlet. CNBC is not. CNBC is mostly about business. And uh, mostly about the stock market, and that's a very conservative-minded thing because it deals with capitalism, it deals with you know fiscal, and you know you know, you know that type of thing. Um, so uh, you know I don't you know disagree with you that the questions you know were stupid, but I and and if and if Republicans don't want people to think that of them, then stop making comments that would lead one to believe that Donald Trump has spoken about Muslims the way Hitler has spoken about Jews. Donald Trump has spoken about Latinos in the same manner. And dare I say women. And even recently, Muslim women specifically. Ben Carson has spoken against Muslims. Ben Carson has said some outlandish things, including wanting to have not just a repeal of Roe v. Wade and abortion criminalized once again, but... Not even, you know, a consideration if the life of the mother is in consideration, or rape, or incest. I mean, there are just some outlandish things being said by these candidates who are who are running to be president of the United States of America, a diverse nation of over three hundred million people. We'll continue with the calls. Eight 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 six Leslie. Eight 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 six five three seven five four three is the number. Uh, let's go next to norm in santa fe new mexico line three norm good afternoon thank you for holding welcome back listening on the radio there one of our uh, great affiliates in santa fe thank you norm good afternoon
6: great show leslie thanks for having me on
0: thank you for joining us uh, what's your take on last night's debate
6: well you know i see the debates through my father's eyes because uh, he's in his 70s and he's semi-retired and he scrimped and saved and worked like a dog his entire life you know he earned it 12 to 13 percent in the stock market through the 80s and 90s and now i know he's watching just wishing that there was he's trying to guess what's going to happen to his money you know that's exactly what he's wondering and you know the investment was in housing and now it's mostly in automotive and he's just wondering which of these fools is going to be you know even halfway qualified to take care of uh, you know his future and his family's future, and I have real sympathy for him.
0: Um, okay, uh, you know I've got to say that I, I look—I'm not your dad's age, but you know I think that the nation echoes that sentiment to a degree, and I think we're seeing that when you look at the feelings uh, towards certain candidates, toward inside Washington establishment people, and certainly when you look at poll numbers of our Congress.
6: It's just just a shame. All I know is, uh, so far, Rand Paul is the only one that, to him, seems uh, responsive to the idea of starving the beast, which is his perception of the government, because all he watches is Fox News.
0: Well, I do think it's essential for people to uh, have balance. And I think it's essential for people to be well-educated and informed no matter what network they watch or whatever they read to to check it out. You can't believe everything you see, everything, you know, uh, that that you hear, especially, you know, with regard to politics. I mean, one day you have somebody quoting something and the next day you find out, oh, that may not be accurate or maybe there's more to the story. Maybe it's a sound bite, excuse me, or, or maybe it's a, you know, an edited version of something like we saw the Planned Parenthood videos. I mean, the list goes on.
6: Yeah. Well, I just I just I know there's millions just like them, you know, and they're sitting and watching them and they do vote. And there I have real sympathy for them because nothing is ever addressed of any substance.
0: Thank you. Uh, for, the, uh, for the call, and I think many people agreed with you last night, even Republicans. Uh, let's continue with the calls, 8886-Leslie, 537 uh, Let's go to Cliff in Virginia, Line 5, listening on TuneIn. Cliff, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us.
7: Hey, Leslie. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I think last night, uh, as far as I responded to your question on Twitter about uh, Jeff Wood and Marco Rubio, and I don't think uh, Jeb Bush did any damage to Marco Rubio whatsoever. And the issue is that Jeb Bush is just not built for attack dog politics that, unfortunately, the Republican Party has devolved into as an attack dog political party because they don't campaign on serious issues anymore. I mean, and this is and this predates what we're seeing in this year's election. I mean, for years, the Republican Party have engaged in dog whistle politics that has have nuanced bigotry. Now we just have outright bigotry. And I don't think Jeff Bush is built for that type of politics. I think he's a policy guy. Uh, I think he's an old school conservative. I don't think that he's really built for this type of political warfare that the current Republican party is engaged in. And that's why he's struggling. And the reality is if his name wasn't Bush, he would have dropped out of the race a long time ago. So if he doesn't change or he doesn't get any type of appeal, he'll be out of the race soon. And, and also as far as, you know, Republican voters and, and what they're seeing in the in the debate as far as from a policy position, the Republicans aren't campaigning on policy. I mean, they're basically catering and placating to their base, which is rabid, full of this anger and frustration against government. I mean, it's almost anti-American if you listen to the things that they're talking about as far as destabilizing government institutions that help the masses of people, whether it's affordable health care, whether it's education or whether it's housing. Everything is always about starving the government, hurting the government. And when you said something, we could talk about hurting people. So that's pretty much my position on the debate last night. No real ideas to help the American people.
0: Thank you. No, you're not alone in that. Appreciate it. And I appreciate your call and your contribution and your tweet as well. Thank you. 8886 Leslie, eight 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 Let's go to Paul in Washington, line four, listening on Progressive Voices. Hey, Paul, good afternoon. Always a pleasure to have you with us.
1: Hi, uh, Leslie. You know, you can blame the moderators, but there's two points. You have to consider about that. The first of all is they're asking. This isn't a debate, and the questioning wasn't significantly different than the other two debates held by CNN and the first one by Fox. I mean, we had Meg- Megyn Kelly asking Donald Trump about his misogynist remarks, and then she was demonized for that. So it's
0: all. Always- no, she, was, she was demonized by him for that. I, I think that was a fair question. I mean, if you want to be president of the United States of America, and you, especially Donald Trump, and you're making some of these outlandish. So, for example, I think it's very fair for anybody, regardless of your gender, regardless of your political party, to ask him, you've, you've said this about women. You know, why should women vote for you? Or you have said this about uh, Latinos, Hispanics. I, I, I agree. Uh, uh, you know, undocumented workers that don't vote, so we you know that wouldn't be relevant. But you, it is fair to say you said that we should have a wall built. You're going to get a wall built, and you're going to get Mexico to build it. How are you going to do that?
1: Right. I, I agree. And, and and other people demonized Megyn Kelly for that. It wasn't just Donald Trump. Other people uh, on the right did, too, said that she – and, and uh, then there was the rumor that she uh, resigned or quit. She was on two-week leave. I don't know. But what I'm saying is...
0: No, that, she was on
1: vacation. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I don't know. But th- what I'm saying is that, uh, first of all, this wasn't significant. This is what these guys are talking about, guys and, and lady, are talking about. So they they haven't been out on the trail talking about policy issues. So th- the, the moderators last night asked them about the things they're talking about, number one. Secondly... Even if, you, if a candidate the candidates don't like, and apparently Ted Cruz doesn't like it, uh, if, if, it's a, if it's a bad line of questioning, it's up to you as a candidate to, break, to not fall for the trap, break out of it, and start talking policy. Don't tell me you can't talk policy because the questions are bad. You know, blaming the moderators is like is like uh, uh, blaming the officials in a football game. And as far as I know, every football coach that's ever lost a game, whether it's was bad officiating, has always said we should have never been in that position where a bad call costs us the game. That so, if you want to, if you you got to break out of. The, the 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 routine if that's what if you see if you're a candidate and you see that's what's happening you got and this, this was more this wasn't a debate it was really more like a group interview as were the other two they didn't put a, a policy question out there for them to respond to as you would do as you would in a debate so that was the thing about that the other thing is i don't it being so bad as it was i thought everyone was lackluster trump was flat carson was flat um, I don't know that you say that Marco Rubio finally shined in a, in a game like that. I don't see that. What policy positions did he talk about? He just basically everyone says he did great because he put Jeb Bush down. So what? I don't see anything positive. And you know when you compare it to the first Democratic debate, uh, when, when Bernie Sanders it wasn't in the debate, but when another time when he was asked about what how's, what he think about Hillary Clinton's hair, he said, oh come on. You're going to ask ask me a serious question. And they had all – nobody was telling these candidates what to say, how to respond to these questions. They responded the way they wanted to. They responded with the same kind of uh, crap that they – they
0: always And, and you know, that's and, a point, too, and that was a point that I wanted to make. I can't remember it was one or two callers ago, which is if if you don't want to be – perceived or viewed a certain way then steer the conversation a different way
1: and, and you can see and, that and
0: they too. have the and, and last night showed they had the control to steer the conversation because hell they were steering the whole show
1: well leslie you can see the important point about this is that you can see that every one of these people was distractible and if they're distractible as candidates by bad questioning they will be distractible as office holders too they will not stick to the issues. They will be, and, and I, I suppose when you're in a, a position like the president of the United States, that kind of stuff is going to happen all the time. President Obama has shown how that he can stick to the issues, even with criticism and all kinds of distracting uh, criticism and, and questioning. He does know how to stick to the issues, so I don't, I don't cut him any slack. The, the two that I thought uh, maybe John Kasich was the one who was, I think he's the one who made the remark about you, you know. We got to get serious here about this. Something like that. I think you know John Kasich is, is has been all along the more serious candidate. Carlos Fiorina is just.
0: A- Do you think last night took away from that, or did you think he he held that up and 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 therefore that's why he elevated it in some people's eyes and gave a better performance or, or more people had a better idea of who he was outside of Ohio? for example. he
1: he's been the most consistent in that manner through all the three debates. The others have been well. The others have been consistent consistently uh, not talking about issues. I mean, Carly Fiorina, just, she's just one disagreeable, angry woman. I, I, you know what? I laugh whenever she says, you know, this let me act Hillary Clinton. I think, listen, what makes you think you're going to do so well about Hillary Clinton? You can't even fight your way out of this pack of morons. I mean, that's, you know, it's just it's really too funny. And Ben Carson apparently doesn't understand the Constitution to say that he would, he would outlaw abortion altogether. You see, even if Roe v. Wade were overturned, that doesn't outlaw abortion. That would, all that means is that states, and 30 states, I think more than half the states, abortion was legal before Roe v.ersus Wade. So uh, overturning Roe v.ersus Wade, Mr. Carson, Dr. Carson, would not outlaw abortion. So he doesn't, he doesn't get the Constitution at all. He doesn't understand federalism, period. He doesn't understand anything. I think the guy needs a psychiatrist. With all due respect, Mister Dr. Carson, you might be a good neurosurgeon, but you need to see another doctor.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you for your call. Um, We're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll take more calls, and we've got some more audio cuts. We'll try and fit as much of it in as we can right after this.
5: Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888 6
0: We're back, and let's get back to this call. It's Reggie in Georgia, line two, listening on Progressive Voices. Reggie, good afternoon. How
8: are you doing, Leslie? Happy Thursday to you. You too. You know, what scares me more than, uh, you know, I've I've heard these people on CNBC, the the moderators being referred to as robots. But let me ask you a question, Leslie. Who are the biggest robots? Them, the Republican candidates, or the uh, people who are following uh, advocating, supporting, and planning on voting for these clowns. I mean, who are the biggest robots? You know, who's following right. who? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who's following who? And then, I mean, it's like well, at least our side has. We have our own minds and we think our own thoughts. And we're not like or high-minded like they are. Of course, of course, they claim that we are we are fair and high-minded like they are, but we're not. We go by the beat of our own different drums, right? We're not in lockstep or group thing with, with our side like they are with their side. Correct, Leslie? Am I correct? Yes. I mean, you know, really. I mean, like I said, who's the biggest robots here? The moderators, the political candidates, or the ones who are following them? And well, well, I, well,
0: first of all, I, didn't, I honestly don't think um, – I don't know if the moderators are even robots, because I think robots can control, you know, situations and, and get a better handle on, on situations than the moderators had in the debate last night.
8: Right. But why did it become a – well, it, it was a clown circus. It was a freak ring, you know, freak side, side show, like Barnum & Bailey, you know?
0: Yeah.
8: It like a freak side show. I mean, people yelling over each other and arguing, screaming, fussing, possibly fighting. I'm surprised it didn't turn physical. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean our side isn't like that at all. But as you said earlier, you've got to take control of the situation. It's like letting the inmates run the asylum, you can't do that. So it'd be like you letting your guests run the show. You can't do that either. You gotta take control at some point. You know, you gotta establish where well, law and order, right? So to speak.
0: Exactly. I I mean, that's part of a job of a moderator. You you, you control the flow, the timing, the Q&A, how much time literally somebody has, and to make sure um, that everybody honestly has a fair amount of time. You're not going to ask all 10 people. Uh, the question, the same question, but you do want to get one or two hits, um, especially when you have, for example, Donald Trump and Ben Carson have both said things, you know, about Muslims, for example, or say two people have said something disparaging toward women, you would, or you would want to have a, a question about women, maybe to Carly Free Arena as well as Donald Trump. Uh, Reggie, thank you for the call. As always, appreciate it. Last but not least, let's go to the Bronx with Michael. Michael is online. Uh, let me see one. Uh, Michael, listening on the radio, on line one. Michael, good afternoon and welcome. Hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Good afternoon.
5: All right. So I was wondering
9: if I was losing the signal there.
0: But um, if I had to pick a winner, once
9: again, it would be the Democrats. Because we've seen what I would say a repeat show from these Republicans from the first um, pres- presidential debate. And – I can't recall. Have they had a second um, debate already? Or, was it the second or the third? That
0: was the third debate last night on CNBC, third, third Republican debate. debate. Democrats have only had one as of thus far.
9: Right. And still the same old stuff with the Republicans. And you do compare and contrast. Even Democrats have said it at their last debate. There was no personal attack. They just stuck with the issues, and they focus on the people and the people's concerns. These Republicans, just like Donald Trump, as I said before, you know, they only care about the big corporations, and if anybody else is me, myself, and I. You know, they just shown their true colors, and once again, they gave Democrats the the credibility of the credits that they have said. They have turned this political race into a doggone sideshow. And I, for one, don't think it's funny. I don't think it's funny when people are suffering when they don't have any help, they're trying to um, get health care when they're still starving, when there's guns flying around the nation, and no one wants to do a damn thing about the gun safety reform, they always want to avoid it and say, more guns, more guns. No one wants to do a damn thing about police abuse. No one wants to do a thing about domestic violence and protecting women. I mean, come on. I mean, if you're going to be a president of the United States, you've got to... Um, share the concerns of the people and address them and if you avoid them you just become part of the problem am i making sense
0: yes i i, I do but I think for some reason a lot of people on this panel trump for example like to stir up problems and we don't need that we, we, we have enough problems in this country uh, we don't need i write
9: it let's see i rather stir up um, i rather stir up some pudding on dessert instead of stirring up trouble
0: you know okay. stir up- all right, Michael, thank you. Uh, let's, uh, guys, do we, uh, how much time do we have? Okay, let's play cut number one. This is the RNC chairman who was slamming CNBC after the GOP debate. A lot of people were unhappy about CNBC's handling, specifically the moderators, their questions, or lack of handling of the candidates and the situation. Here's the RNC chair.
3: I was uh, proud of our candidates for standing up to a pretty hostile environment. I was very disappointed in the moderators. I'm disappointed in CNBC. You know, I thought maybe they would bring forward a pretty fair forum here tonight, but I think it was one gotcha question, one personal low blow after the other. It's almost like they tried to design a Rubik's Cube for every question to take the worst element, I think, of what uh, moderators and what the media should bring to the table. And all I can tell you is that while I'm proud of our candidates, For pretty much sticking together. I'm very disappointed in the moderators and I'm very disappointed with CNBC.
0: And, uh, oh, we're out of time. Uh, Anyway, we are out of time. Happy Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow, Friday, the day before Halloween. And uh, we hope you'll join us. Thank you to my producers, Mark and Andrew, and all of you here on The Only True Democracy and Talk Radio.
2: Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment.